The following message was preached at Gospel City Church, a church that seeks to cast a gospel net for the people of Kuala Lumpur. I think it's appropriate uh, for me to just do a recap on uh, where we are in our sermon series. So we have uh, been going through a series on Matthew uh, with a theme of uh, promises fulfilled, uh, a king for all people. So to, we began this series with a pre-series uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you remember, a couple months ago, before going back to Matthew 1, and then uh, all the way through skipping Sermon on the Mount, and uh, going continuously, chronologically, until we got to Matthew chapter 20 last week. So from here, uh, from last week, yeah, 20, we will deviate from the chronological order to observe the Holy Week by studying Matthew 21 and 22 and 23 in a series of devotion that will be shared to the church uh, by the elders during the week leading into Easter. So today, we are at chapter 24. Next week, Chris will preach on chapter 25, Matthew 25. So on Good Friday, we will read and reflect on Matthew 26 and 27 during our evening Good Friday service. The reason for this uh, alteration is to prepare us to celebrate Easter on Sunday with Carl preaching on the resurrection from Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 15. So I hope that's not all too confusing. While we we're going through a series, we're jumping back and forth. So it's all looked a little bit chaotic, but I hope the clarification will help. Today, uh, we are going into Matthew 24. Let's go in with open hearts and minds and as we seek to grow in our faith and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me start us with a word of prayer. Dear God, as we approach the message this morning, we ask that you open our hearts and minds to receive the truth of your word. Help us set aside our own understanding and expectations and allow your spirit to guide us as we seek to understand the signs of the end times. May we be filled with a sense of urgency and anticipation for your return, and may we live each day with faithfulness and fruitfulness, always ready to meet you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So public opinion on the idea of end times varies very greatly depending on cultural, religious, and personal beliefs. Some people embrace the idea and eagerly anticipate the return of Christ, while others are skeptical or fearful of the concept. So some of the signs of end times, we see some of the signs of end times in current events. Well, some see it that way, and some dismiss such claims as unfounded speculation. As Christians, uh, we believe in the certainty of Christ's second coming and the end times. As prophesied in the Bible, we view these events as part of God's plan for humanity 
and encourage readiness and preparation for Christ's return. In a world filled with uncertainty and fear, it can be challenging to hold on to hope. Headlines regularly bombard us with news of wars, political unrest, natural disasters, economic crisis, and the erosion of moral values. It is not hard to see why many people are struggling with anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. However, despite all this chaos, there is a promise of certainty that we can hold on to. The promise of God are true, unchanging, and trustworthy. Even in the face of adversity, we can turn to Jesus and his teachings for guidance and hope. In the longish passage that was just read by Gary a short while ago, you find a long list of uh, events foretold by Jesus. I counted a total of 17. Let me just quickly recap. The temple will be destroyed. False messiahs and false prophets will come. There will be wars and rumors of war. There will be famines, earthquakes, and natural disasters. Believers will be persecuted and hated. The gospel will be preached to all nations. Abomination, the abomination of desolation will be set up. Believers should flee to the mountains when they see the abomination of desolation. The great tribulation, tribulation will come. The chosen ones will be saved from destruction. There will be false messiahs and false prophets performing great signs and wonders. His coming will be like lightning flashing across the sky. His coming will be on the clouds of heaven. The elect will be gathered. His words will never pass away. He will return unexpectedly like a thief in the night. He will come with power and glory. So Jesus spoke to the disciples about end times, sharing insight into what is to come. Amidst the warnings of deception, persecution and tribulation, Jesus also offered promises of hope and assurance to those who put their trust in Him. He foretold the destruction of the temple, the rise of false messiahs and prophets, wars and rumors of war, famine, earthquake, and persecution. But almost, but amidst all these signs of the end, he also promised the spread of the gospel to all nations, the coming of the Son of Man, and the gathering of the elect. Uh, this, this set of promises helps us to feel confident in the certainty of God's word and the hope we have to cope with the uncertainty of end times. Now to help us go through this passage, I propose we take and break it up into three broad sections which I group them and call them. First one, unfathomable uncertainties, concrete certainties, and confidently conquer. So three parts, not 3.7, but three parts. So the biblical Prophecy of end times is characterized by as a tumultuous season of unfathomable uncertainties. From wars and natural disasters to the rise of false prophets and, and the abomination of desolation, the events described in the scripture paint a picture of chaos and turmoil. 
even for those who hold fast to their faith, the end times are a time of great unease and apprehension. As the future remains shrouded in mystery and the unknown. As Jesus and his disciples walked away from the temple, they were struck, the disciples were struck by the beauty and grandeur of the magnificent structure before them. The temple was not only the center of Jewish worship, but it also stood as a symbol of God's presence among his people. The disciples couldn't help but marvel at the temple's glory. And they drew Jesus' attention to the buildings. We can relate. That's how we idolize and worship things of grandeur and glory. In response to their awe and admiration, Jesus made a startling and seemingly unthinkable prediction. He said, You see these things, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. With these words, Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple, an event that must have been difficult for his disciples to comprehend. Although the disciples could not grasp the full implication of Jesus' word at that time, history will soon bear witness to their fulfillment. This is the second temple of Jerusalem, the one destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, then they rebuilt a second one. But in, 70, in 70, the year 70 AD, the Romans, under the command of General Titus, led siege to Jerusalem, ultimately destroying the temple and leaving it in ruins. Not one stone was left upon another, just as Jesus had foretold. The destruction of the temple, an unfathomable event, was not merely a historical event or an interesting fact to ponder, not a Wikipedia entry alone. Rather, it serves as a vivid reminder of the accuracy and authority of Jesus' words. That is the premise I want us to go through the rest of the passage this morning. As we reflect on that, this event, we can be assured that Jesus' teachings on the end times are as reliable and trustworthy. The temple destruction also symbolizes the end of an era and the transition to a new covenant. No longer will God's presence be confined to a physical building. Instead, through Jesus' death and resurrection, the way was open for all people to experience a direct, personal relationship with God. The Holy Spirit will now dwell within the hearts of the believers, making us the new temple of God. So after Jesus had prophesied the destruction of the temple, the disciples were left with questions and concerns about what the future held. They approached Jesus privately and asked, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples' questions reveals a deep human desire to understand the future and make sense of the events unfolding around us. Like the disciples, we too look for signs and indicators to help us navigate 
the uncertainty of our world. Jesus answers to their question, lists a series on unfathomable events. Jesus began by warning the disciples about the prevalence of deception in the last days. He cautioned them, saying, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. As believers, we must be vigilant in guarding our hearts and minds against those who seek to deceive us with false teachings and counterfeit Gospels. Jesus went on to describe the increase of wars and rumors of wars, famines, and earthquakes as part of the signs leading to the end. This event serves as reminders of the brokenness and the instability of our world. While it may be tempting to become fearful or overwhelmed by such news, Jesus encouraged his disciples, saying, See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So in addition to these signs, Jesus warned his fellow followers that they would face persecution, betrayal, and hatred because of their faith in him. Throughout the history and even today, countless believers have suffered and died for their faith in Christ. As we face our own trials and challenges, uh, let us remember that we are not alone and that our suffering is not in vain. So when teaching his disciples about the signs of the end times, Jesus made reference to a specific event, the abomination of desolation, which would signal the approach of an unprecedented period of tribulation. Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, that we understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The abomination of desolation is a term taken from the book of Daniel where it is mentioned in several prophecies concerning the end times in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 11, and Daniel chapter 12. Although scholars have debated the precise meaning of these terms, it generally refers to a desecration of the temple or a blasphemous act that triggers God's judgment. Jesus instructed his disciples to respond to the appearance of the abomination of desolation with urgency, fleeing to the mountains to escape the impending catastrophe. He warned that the events will be followed by a time of great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. If you think you can imagine trouble, it's coming. On top of this tribulation, Jesus emphasized the need for discernment and vigilance. Once again, warning his disciples about the rise of false messiahs and false prophets who would seek to deceive God's people, he urged them to remain steadfast in their faith, clinging to the truth of the gospel as they navigated the perilous days ahead. Jesus reminds us that our faith is not the absence of trouble, 
but in the one who has overcome the world, in Him. He calls us to remain steadfast in our faith, to be vigilant in guarding our hearts and minds against deception, and to cling to the truth of the gospel as we navigate the days ahead. We can take heart in the promises of God and trust in His unfailing love and faithfulness even when facing unfathomable uncertainties. That's the first part. And God is sovereign over all of history, even in the darkest moments. Amidst the chaos that we just described and the confusion that is bound to come, that it will surround the end times, we can trust that God remains in control and that His ultimate purposes will be fulfilled. Jesus laid out some concrete certainties for us. Let's examine them. Even when the world is surrounded by turmoil and tribulation, Jesus offered a message of hope. He said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The spread of the gospel is a powerful sign of God's redemptive work in our world. Despite opposition and hardship, the good news of Jesus Christ continues to reach every corner of the earth, bringing hope and transformation to countless lives. We do not, we do not need to be overwhelmed by fear or despair. We can be inspired to live with greater faith, hope, and love, knowing that our Savior is with us every step of the way. We are told to hold fast to the hope that Jesus' teaching offers us and share that hope to those around us. Having warned the disciples of the challenges and tribulations that will precede the end times, Jesus then turned to a subject that will bring hope and reassurance to his followers. The coming of the Son of Man, the theme of our whole Matthew series. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. This title, which is derived from the Old Testament book of Daniel, we refer to Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, this underscores Jesus' divine authority and his role as the Messiah. As the Son of Man, Jesus is the one who will usher in God's kingdom and bring salvation to humanity. Jesus, we sang it earlier uh, this morning, Sarah, thank you for choosing the song. Jesus spoke of the cosmic signs that will accompany his return. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light and the stars will fall from, the he from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. These dramatic events will serve as a prelude to the glorious appearance of the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Jesus emphasized the hope and redemption that his return would bring to his followers. And he will send out angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather his elect from, four, from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. 
the gathering of the elect speaks of the culmination of God's redemptive work in history. As believers from every nation, tribe, and tongue are united in Christ. When the end times will be marked, while the end times will be marked by deception, tribulation, and upheaval, we can take comfort to know that our Savior will return to gather His people and establish His kingdom forever. This is the hope that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. Our ultimate destiny is secure in Christ. We can face the challenges and trials of life with courage and perseverance. Jesus used the parable of the fig tree, which is an odd few verses in the whole uh, section of this passage. He used the parable of the fig tree to teach his, his disciples the important lesson about recognizing the signs of the times. He said, from the fig tree, learn, this, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. Just as, a budding, just as a budding of a fig tree signals the approach of summer, the signs Jesus described earlier would indicate to us that the end times are near. Jesus then emphasized the certainty and reliability of his words. He says in verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In a world filled with change and uncertainty, we can trust in the enduring truth of Jesus' teaching. Finally, we move to the third section, uh, which I call, remember, confidently conquer. Jesus called his followers to live in readiness and faithfulness, saying, Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. As believers, we are to be like faithful servants, diligently carrying out our Master's work while eagerly awaiting His return. He said, But concerning the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heavens, nor the Son, but the Father only. Jesus underscored that the exact timing of his return is unknown, which should motivate us to live in constant state of readiness. Not complacency, but readiness. Jesus compared the days of his coming to the days of Noah and the flood. Just as people in Noah's time was caught unaware of the flood, unaware by the flood, many will be unprepared for the return of Christ. Therefore, we must leave. That's, if you see the linkage here, the call and invitations was to live in anticipation of His coming, not allowing ourselves to be loved in complacency. As Christians, uh, we believe that the end times are inevitable and that Jesus will return to establish His kingdom on earth. This belief does not lead us 
to fear and hopelessness, but rather a sense of confidence. The king will return to reign over all people. We are to stay vigilant and remain prepared. We can trust that God will also provide us with strength, wisdom and assurance and strength in the face of an uncertain future. In the same message uh, warning about end times, Jesus gave the disciples concrete assurance. Uh, it is not a self-edifying, I am the superhero, I can do all things type of confidence. But this confidence is rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ, who has already overcome sin and death through his substitutional death on the cross for our sins. Jesus assured his disciples that he would return in glory, saying, Then, then will appear in heaven the signs of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I hope we can sing that uh, verse again, Sarah. The promise of Jesus' return is a source of hope and encouragement for all believers as we look forward to the day when our Savior will come to gather His people and establish His kingdom. Jesus also provided assurance for His disciples, stating, and if those and if those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. The trouble he tells us in the passage, they will not last. While it's inevitable, it's sure to come, it's going to be worse than you can imagine, but they will not last. He will cut it short. This promise, coupled with Jesus' words about the gathering of the elect, reinforces the message of hope and salvation for all who believe in Him. We can trust in the security of our salvation, knowing that Jesus will not abandon His people in their time of need. So that's as we journey through the teachings in Matthew 24 of our end times, We've seen how his words are not just relevant today as they were when they were first spoken. The signs and warnings he provided to his disciples can be seen in the world around us, reminding us that the timeless wisdom and the insight of our Lord is true, is certain. Amidst the uncertainties and fears, Jesus calls us to live Lives marked by faith, hope, and love, he invites us to find our strength and security in the gospel, which offers us the promise of his return, the assurance of salvation, and the eternal nature of his words. So, Gospel City Church, brothers and sisters, as we face the challenges and uncertainties of the world, let us remember the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Though we may encounter trials and tribulations, we know that our ultimate victory is secure in Him. In times of doubt or fear, we can turn to the promises of the Scripture and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, allowing our faith to be strengthened and our hope to be renewed.
So in the face of unfathomable uncertainties, Jesus gives us concrete certainties that our hope is secure because we know He has confidently conquered death and restored His kingdom on earth. May we live as witnesses to the transformative power of the gospel message shining the light of Christ in the world that desperately needs His hope and salvation. To close, I want to point all attention to Matthew 24 verse 13. Thanks to Ikin uh, for his suggestion that we should anchor the entire passage to this one verse. Matthew 24 13 But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So as we eagerly anticipate the return of our Savior, may we be found faithful, ready and awake with our hearts anchored in the unchanging love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, enduring to the end. Let, let me pray first. Father, we, we know from your word you foretold us events that become history in this time of our life, at this time of our life. But in the same message you shared with your disciples, you also foretold events that will, will come true in times ahead. But you do not leave us with just images of trials, tribulations, challenges and disasters that we cannot imagine. You give us the basis to deal and to live through that. Not trusting in ourselves, but to trust in you and your word. To receive your offer of grace and salvation. For you did for us what we couldn't do ourselves. You made us sinless because you were sinless. You died on the cross to replace and substitute us for the death that we deserve. This simple truth of the gospel in our lives will help us anticipate and look forward to your return. Not in distress, but a heart of hope and ready to glorify you for the day when we see your return in the clouds on the sky. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We invite you to learn more about Gospel City Church at gospelcitychurch.my.